Greetings, D&D players, enthusiasts, and observers alike, and welcome back to Chronicles of Kriath. My name is Emma, and I will be your DM today and every day that this wonderful campaign exists. Now, we're back with another prequel session, and you know what that means. Another character has found their way into this chaotic group of adventurers, and let's meet that character and his player, shall we? Rosie, take it away. Hello, guys. My name is Rosie. I am playing Elon for you today. He is a elven fighter and subclass champion. I believe I'm here, actually, Emma, honestly, because you've stolen my husband. <laughs> that is that is part of it, but also because I actually wanted you to play. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. <laughs> but for the most part, my husband is Jeremy, who is playing Damien, and I have been a DM kind of as well, but usually for my job, I stopped because of COVID and everything. I've been playing a lot more D&D, met Emma through that, and here we are. We've been friends for over a year. I think it's almost two now, isn't it? Oh, good lord, I've known you too long. We're never getting rid of each other. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope not. <laughs> but yes, I am very excited to play Elon, and I just am so excited. Like, you have no idea. I think Emma has an idea, but the listeners have no idea. Oh, I'm sure they will figure it out. Right. <laughs> anyway, Elon. You wake up in your home, in the inner circle of the city of Kriath, a circular walled city near the Koranos Mountains, and the sun peers in through your window. You smell Esme's cooking in the kitchen, not too far away, and then you remember what day it is. You're leaving today. Yes. That is literally his just single like moment of expression is just yes he gets up a little bit too fast he's going to get dressed shine his boots probably way too fast he's going to grab his bags and then remember to make his bed like Esme has taught him and then he's gonna not even look back at the room he's going to just stride out put his bags down and go over to the kitchen where Esme will have food, I hope. Yes, you walk into the kitchen and that aroma gets stronger and stronger, revealing an elderly looking halfling woman who is pulling a tray of scones out of the oven. And she turns around. Heaven. What? I said heaven. <laughs> <laughs> yes, literal. The smell alone is literal heaven. As she turns around and goes, Oh, good morning, Elon. Would you like a scone? I would love a scone. You know what? Actually, I'll take three. And he's going to take three. Not his usual behavior. And she'll kind of raise an eyebrow, put the tray down, and be like, Excited then, are we? Well, also, I don't know when's the next time I'm going to have your cooking. Well, don't you worry. I've got plenty of that packed for you. <laughs> and <laughs> she walks over picks up a large brown paper bag and very quickly wraps the scones in like a a paper that's sitting off to the side that you're assuming has been well used this morning as she expertly wraps up the remainder of the scones on the entire tray shoves them into the brown paper bag and holds it out for you and is like 
I would never let you go hungry. You're also not going to live down that you make my food every day. <laughs> He's going to take it and just kind of sigh and like put it down next to his, uh, like probably inside of his bag and just like, thank you. I, I, I really mean it, Esme. Of course. It's my job. You're like my child, seeing as these pesky elves don't want you for whatever reason, but uh, I'm glad to have you. <laughs> thank you. Right, and he's gonna he's gonna go back to the dinner table and he's gonna sit down and begin to eat and get what he can into his stomach before he gets on this boat. You see Esme kind of shuffling around almost you see her dart back towards your room. You're guessing to make sure that you didn't forget anything before coming back and being like, oh, the lieutenant stopped by this morning around dawn and left uh, these for you. And she picks up a couple of what look to be wrapped scrolls and a sealed envelope that contains a letter. You open up the letter and see in your friend James's scrawled handwriting, in short, without reading it to you verbatim, he congratulates you on the opportunity to uh, take on such a dangerous and groundbreaking mission as they haven't sent someone out in nearly since the city was built. No one has left the walls. And he states that in the scrolls are copies of the only maps that they've had in decades. Oh. So they'll be the best way for you to find your way to like a port where you can find passage anywhere or find your way on land. He doesn't know how accurate they are though, so it may be worth it to stop somewhere and get them checked. He also states that your best according to the council, they remember hearing rumors about a grove of trees that isn't quite what it seems and are particularly curious about it. So they're suggesting that you start there and make your way across the rest of the the world that way. Wonderful. Okay. And so you said the rest of your documents, I have to get them checked to make sure they're legit, right? Well, he didn't necessarily say they weren't legit. It's just that from what he understands, they're incredibly outdated oh boy as in these maps are from when the city was first built and the first cartographer included kriath as a city on the map okay so i understand what i need to do then so he's gonna sigh at that and just be like well my job got a little bit harder as me well i guess i'm gonna have to update all of this at some point that just means i might be gone a little bit longer and i'll actually talk to people good you need to and i mean it i i will as long as it's not the family of course i will family don't know what they're talking about no way well he's gonna like kind of shove the rest of the scone into his mouth and put the papers in a nice secure location on his bag and he's gonna kind of sling one of them over his shoulder and just like i do need to get going all right are you coming with me to say, send me off? I can accompany you to the inner circle gate, but you know I can't go past there. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. And you know what to do if I don't... If I don't write back in a month. Right? I know what to tell the family. Doesn't mean I have to be happy about it. I mean, you could tell them the way I did. Leave them a letter and 
see how long it takes them to try to find it. I know they don't come to my my house. Yeah. But I just Esme. It's okay. I I need this. I don't even want to think about you not coming back. And I know and she kind of like walks over to you and sort of like stands up on her tippy toes to sort of pinch your cheek. Oh god. <laughs> You're the only family I got at this point, Elon. I don't want to think about you not coming back. But he'll put a hand on her shoulder and just like you're really the only family that I got. They're not the same as you. You know that. I do. I'll come back. I promise. I guess an elf's word, right? Something like that. Whatever those fuckers call it. I'll hold you to it. Right. You don't come back. I'm gonna hunt you down in the afterlife and haunt you. You hear me? Is that an elf's promise? Or a... Uh... Halfling's promise. And she's gonna kind of put her hands on her hips. You really could mistake me for one of those? Okay, a halfling's promise. It's serious. Got it. Indeed it is. Don't you forget it. Yes, Asme. Take care of yourself. I will... I'll make my bed every morning. Good boy. <laughs> and she'll walk down the little hallway of your house and open the door for you. And... Reveal the streets of the inner circle in the wee hours of the morning. No one out but guard patrols. A couple of them wave to you as you exit your house and continue on their paths. He respectively waves or salutes as he leaves as well. And you make your way through the city. Esme kind of leads the way. You notice her take a few roundabout turns as if to sort of prolong things. But ultimately, you come to the gates of the inner circle, and she kind of looks up at you and says, remember your promise. I remember. And gives you one last big hug. I give her a big hug as well. I don't care who's watching at this point. But I, let, I wait for her to let go first. She takes a couple seconds, really squeezes tightly though it doesn't really feel like it since you're wearing your armor yeah <laughs> that's gotta be so uncomfortable <laughs> she doesn't care but she finally lets go and says goodbye Elon. and goodbye Esme until we meet again until we meet again oh yeah there's one last little note in your bag that I left you Read that when you get a chance. Uh. And she starts walking back towards the house. You can see tears kind of welling up in her eyes. So she turns around so that you don't see them. And starts walking in the other direction. I'm going to give her that moment. Turn around, stare at the gate, and just like a deep breath. And just go. And start heading off to my first leg of my journey. They let you through with no problem. You pass through the one of the two undesirable sections of the city, though it has been done up more like a tourist's trap than anything else. You pass by a lot of inns and taverns and various other entertainment establishments before coming to the main gate of the city, which is also promptly opened for you. Lovely. And... 
as they open it and you step out, you see the wide expanse of the world laid out before you. And just that first step onto the grass or there, there's just the soil, no stone is going to be so odd, but he's just going to actually smile. No resting guard face, nothing, just okay. And he will, like I said, he's going to keep going and he's not going to look behind. All right. Now, as you make your way out of the gate and in the direction of something, what should have been a two-day journey quickly turns into three and a half days of getting turned around miserably. Because as you discover when you hit your first little town right outside of Kriath, this map is 80 years old. And a lot has changed. That little town wasn't even on your map when you wandered into it. Oh my lord, okay. Thankfully, one of the women who works at the inn and tavern that you're staying at, um, her son happens to be a cartographer apprentice. She admits that he is training with a Loxodon down in Brilia, which is a port town directly to the south. I have no idea what a Loxodon is, but I just nod. Mm-hmm. And... She writes a quick note for you and says, If you find my son, his name is Simon. If you find him, give him this and he'll know, he knows my handwriting. He'll, he'll give you an updated map because this is just miserable. But if you keep wandering straight south, you should be able to find it pretty easily. Straight south. Okay. So he'll... Kind of look to the sun whenever he's, like, the next morning, I suppose, when he's leaving. Know which way, you know, the sun is rising and immediately start, look south and just go south. Mm -hmm. Follow, hopefully, some sort of road or path that way. There does happen to be a road and you do find some signs that lead you in the direction of Brilia, which... When you arrive is, it's nowhere near as ostentatious as Kriath. Neither was that other city, and was that little town. <laughs> oh, not at all. But she described it as a port city. Okay. You would expect a little more out of it, only knowing one city your entire life. And there are some very impressive buildings. All of them are built out of some sort of clay bricks and go a few stories high depending on what type of building you're looking at. Wow, okay. But there's no tall walls. There's no insane amount of guards at the gates, though they do have some patrolling throughout the streets and alleyways of the city. And you're very thrown off because a lot of the people who are roaming around here don't look like anything you've ever seen. Some of them look like cat people. You've seen you've seen someone with the legs of like a goat wandering around here somewhere. A lot of these people have what appear to be animalistic traits in one way or another, and everyone walks around as if it's completely normal. Here's the question. Do I even see a human, an elf, a dwarf, anything like that? You've seen the occasional. You've seen like a human there. You had a couple halfling children run past you as you run in the streets okay more specifically then seriously any elves no wow i feel very out of place then mm -hmm. okay 
I I will kind of look around, take it in, and if it seems normal to everyone else, it's it's got to be my new normal, I suppose. But I I feel like Elon's stare is going to be looking at like say the first satyr that walks by or something. He's going to look and observe for probably much too long. And then he'll swiftly like look somewhere else, find somebody else and s- just look too long. And it just keeps happening and it keeps bouncing. And you get a few weird looks for it as you wander around. But you eventually manage to find most information is passed through inns and taverns and you manage to find theirs fairly quickly. And it doesn't take long for a friend of a friend of a friend to lead you to Simon the cartographer, who, per his mother's promise, sends you off with an updated map that has far more towns and cities on it than the previous one did. He would actually pull out a gold to give him just just as a thank you. You have no idea how much time you've saved me. Oh, uh, thank you. I mean, uh, it's my job. Well, you're doing very well. Thank you. And the boy just nods, but he seems flabbergasted at the fact that he was just paid for his efforts at making maps. Is he standing there holding the piece of gold as if it's foreign or something? Yeah. He's gonna, he'll look to the boy and go, did I, did I not give you enough or? No, 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 no. It's, it's great. I've just never been paid for one of my maps before. Well, it's, it's a beautiful map. It deserves a gold. Thank you. I mean, many maps uh, from where I'm from, they're, they cost way too much, but of course they're masters of their trade. So thank you. If this is a lot for you, then take it's what it's worth. I may come back. Well, I hope you do. That way my master won't be the only one making the money. Right. Um, what is, what is this boy? Is he human? Yeah, he is human. He is going to kind of get a little bit close and he'll be like, I, I have a really quick question. I've only ever been in kind of one location could you perhaps explain to me what a loxodon is oh it's an elephant person oh i see okay have you have you never seen one before no they don't allow them where i'm from i mean it's really only elves too so and the occasional others but i mean i i know this is coming across badly so i i'm going to take my leave thank you um Enjoy your gold. He'll leave <laughs> awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> and that he, like, you notice that after you say they're not allowed where I'm from, he just looks at you as if you've said the sky is magenta. And <laughs> you take your leave and you make your way back out into the town. Now, this is a port city. The lieutenant didn't give you any instructions on exactly how to travel, but he did say it would probably be easiest to get anywhere by ship. Okay. And I know that he had mentioned the forest. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to look at the map now that I'm kind of away from that awkward situation. And he'll look at a map and kind of find out perhaps where that might be and how far away. You look at the updated map. Quickly locating 
Kriath, and then moving your finger south, you find Brilia very easily. The Sparkling Grove, which is the only large forest that you can see, is on the complete opposite side of the of the world. Oh, okay. And you said that my lieutenant didn't give me like hardly any details on how to get from here to the Sparkling Grove. No. Like you said, he would have told you that travel would be easiest by ship, but that's the only advice he would be able to give you as, as he said, no one has ever ventured outside the walls since the city's creation. Well, I I suppose I am going to go towards the docks then and just, we're just going to go for it and look for a ship and see what we can accomplish. All right. You wander over to the docks and find row upon row of parked ships and in various states of loading or unloading. You speak to a few ship captains and they recommend a couple different places. One recommends you go find a satyr named Toya who captains the Malice which is a fishing vessel that often makes its way around the entirety of the world and would likely be willing to drop you off in the Sparkling Grove. Okay. Another captain recommends you seek out the Badgerwood Barge, which is run by an adventurous elf and his crew. The elf's name is Norman Rostrada. Okay. And he says that they're always fun to hang out with in the tavern, but gives you no more information than that. I suppose I'm going to go for the malice because as soon as he said elf, I I have no desire for that. So he'll go and attempt to find the malice in this satyr. He doesn't know what a satyr is, but he's gonna he's he's gonna guess it's something he's not seen. <laughs> yeah, you wander back to the uh, last row of docks and find this. This small fishing vessel that seems like it could hold maybe a dozen people at most. And you see a group of what appears to be both men and women. The ones with goat legs that you'd spotted a couple before, but we're not particularly sure what they were. uh, Loading on some rations of various types, barrels of salted fish and other meats. You see a barrel labeled labeled vegetables. I suppose I will approach the nearest person that seems to be at least helping with this vessel. And we'll just say, excuse me, um, can I'm I am looking for someone named Toya, I believe. You mean Toya? Toya, yes, yes. Captain Toya. Yes, Captain Toya. He's over there. And the little satyr very quickly points to another satyr standing off to the side, arms crossed, that has a very large, what the player would recognize as a cartoony, like, pirate captain hat sitting on his head. Oh my god. As he directs them where to <laughs> to put the various barrels and such. Elon is going to approach this funny hat sailor captain satyr. I don't know. A little bit kind of like not in his element and go, you are a Toya, yes? That's me, Captain Toya. How can I help you? Uh, I I heard that you go around, you sail 
all around and fish all around the sea, the world. I apologize. That we do. Any sea we can get our hooves to. Where are you looking to go? I need to get to the Shimmering Grove. Or at least the nearest port near it. You mean the Sparkling Grove? I'm so sorry. Yes, the Sparkling Grove. Ah, you're one of them tourists. I see how it is. Well. Excuse me? Do you not know what goes on in the Sparkling Grove? No, no idea. I just know it's my destination. Or at least my first destination. Got it. Okay. Sparkling Grove is known for being this place where you try to step into the forest and the forest spits you right back out. So for whatever reason, everybody wants to make their way into the forest, but they can't. So that's why you called me a tourist. Yeah. It's become a tourist trap. Ah, is it legit? Do you know? I've never tried. Don't plan on trying. My life's on the open sea, but I can take you there if you want to find out. Yes, sir. I, how much should I pay you for the voyage, then? He holds out a hand. Ten gold? Do I? I don't even know how much money I have, Emma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would probably have a ton, right? You would have a decent amount of money. They probably would have sent you out with... Let's say you have 50 gold on you for now. Okay. I will definitely give him that 10 gold then. And he smiles, pockets it, and very quickly is like, Come on aboard! I can introduce you to everybody else! Thank you. And he'll come on, like, looking a little bit, like, again, not in his element. Shy is not the right answer, but he's just quiet and very watchful. And he introduces you to five other satyrs that man this vessel with him that, funny enough, all have kind of similar sounding names. They are Rhea, Antonia, Sella, Martinia, and Dragora. Dragora, okay. Yep, she's the one with the funny sounding name. Um, whatever you say. He, but he will kind of, if they're there introducing, he will tip his head at each of them very respectfully. And just, I guess, he, he'll look back to Toya and ask, so where do I stay? You'll stay down below with everybody else. You ever slept on a ship before? No, sir. You ever been on a ship before? I... No, sir. That's okay. We'll show you. Okay. And he basically is like, you'll sleep in a hammock. It's an open room. That way you're not falling off your bed in the middle of the night because of the rock into the ship. Oh. You don't get motion sick, do you? I don't believe I do. Well, I guess we'll find out. But if you puke, you're cleaning it up. I, okay. And most importantly, remember to have fun on this ship. You're in for the long haul. This journey's about ten days, so... Oh, that's good time, at least. Thank you. He... Elon is going to take a moment, kind of sitting there with the information now, and go... In his mind, he's wondering if she, he should bail now, because he... <laughs> this is a lot to ask of him. <laughs> My goodness. I chose a, a zinger. Holy crap. Yes, you did. <laughs> But I suppose he will kind of like start wandering around at that point. If it seems like he's welcomed aboard, he'll try to find these hammocks. And I suppose he'll find maybe 
Like what, a room with them all or something? Yeah, if you... There's really only two sets of stairs that take you below deck. One of them takes you to the storage area where they are placing all of the um, barrels and supplies and anything they could need on this journey. The other is the room with all the hammocks. There are there are about 12 hanging, though the crew right now is about six. You make seven. Okay. So is there any place that I can maybe find like a chest or some type of bin or anything that I can just put my bag safely away. They would have next to all of the hammocks like a small wooden chest that you could store all of your things in. He puts he stows away his stuff and he'll kind of go back up top and kind of wait and see like what he can do or if there even is something to do. He's still learning. These satyrs would, as they make final preparations to cast off, would sort of show you little things about the ship, like where the crow's nest is and what you use it for. Have you helped them pull ropes that are too hard for just one of them? Kind of put you to work in that way, kind of, sort of. But other than that, they've packed up all the supplies and very soon Captain Toy is calling out, All right, everybody here! Don't want to leave anybody behind. We're about to set sail. Elon doesn't retort. He waits. And when no one says anything, he kind of does a quick head count based on who he can see. And is like, seems like everybody's here. Away we go! <laughs> Wonderful. And you set sail. Woo. You spend ten wild days at sea with this crazy crew of satyrs who work hard during the day and drink like crazy at night. Oh my goodness. Elon does not drink. <laughs> he will fake a drink if he has to, but it, it's not that he won't drink because of anything. He's just, he's not a drinker. The last time he drank things went wrong and he got in trouble. <laughs> Oh boy. I will, I, here, for the listeners, I'll explain. He got a tattoo. He's not supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well. So we don't touch alcohol. <laughs> yeah. They, they would still try to convince you to drink, but they wouldn't force you to if you insisted enough times that you weren't going to drink it. If they ask, like, after they're drunk, I will fake the drinking, but I'll just, like, pour it into their cup or something and, like... I'll, I'll fake it till I make it. Okay. Roll me a deception check to see if you are convincing Oh no. to these drunken satyrs. A deception check. That is a 15 plus 2, so 17. Well, they rolled a natural 2. So... <laughs> I thought you said natural 20 and I was like, oh no! <laughs> Elon would probably start to really like these guys over the past, you know, next 10 days as he kind of, he's close quarters, he's not used to it, he's not used to being around others and especially not satyrs in general. And he wouldn't want to like, after a few nights of like saying no, no more drinks, finally just like, yeah, I'll, I'll drink and, and start to act, you know, happy and fun and stuff with them. He doesn't want to, like, he would rather make friends. 
he doesn't want to break them because of his personality. Mm-hmm. So, and this boat seems to have it going on. So he'll he'll try to make friends at least. Toya's boat has got it going on. <laughs> All right, I like Toya. Okay, it wore on me. <laughs> I, I, I. <laughs> What's that song with uh with all the girls with like where uh oh three five three three four five everybody <laughs> I got Raya Antonia Sela Martina Dracora Antonia <laughs> sorry I had to oh boy what have I done <laughs> and what's becoming fun what <laughs> yes on the first session no less <laughs> no 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 no. No, this is 10 days of blistering, like, sea work and stuff like that. And he'll kind of come out of a shell. It's not going to be, like, you know, totally offstandish, you know, but he's not going to share anything. Let's not assume things. Anyways. <laughs> That's fair. They would have told you a bunch of stories of all their craziest catches at sea. Most of them, you assume, are a bit exaggerated, but you don't quite care. Especially after you do start joining them for a drink or two well actually would i know that they're exaggerated i don't know would you probably not i would believe every word they say all right then you hang on every word with bated breath as they talk about catching all sorts of types of giant squid and various other rare types of fish i would probably be marveled like i would actually ask questions and get into it they would answer your questions wholeheartedly throughout the nights that you drink and tell stories. Until finally, the coast comes into view. So the route they had sort of described to you that they were taking you through. You sail from Brilia down south into the Cernval Pass. And they drop you off at the southern tip of that portion of the continent. In the port city of Norget. Okay. Which they tell you if you make about a day and a half journey northward, you'll start to run into the trees that make up the sparkling grove. Toya kind of sits you down and warns you. Now, like I said, it's a tourist trap. So all these people who make money off the tourist traps, they're going to try and trap you. Tell them you can make your own way and avoid any paths or signs. They've got this weird system set up around there where basically any town or whatever bordering the grove has their own designated area where they let tourists go in and get spit back out. Okay. So avoid those spots at all costs because then you're going to have a lot of eyes on you and they're going to ask you to pay to enter the, the freaking forest, which is ridiculous. Don't let them do it. That sounds, that sounds fair enough. I got an idea. Thank you. I appreciate it, Toya. Anytime. And if you ever want passage on our ship again, all you gotta do is find us. If I see you, I most definitely probably will again. Or I thank you for these past ten days. Of course. Thank you for joining our merry little band. We don't get many passengers that are eager to make friends, oftentimes. They just want to sit in the hammock room alone and sulk. Which makes no sense to me, but... I mean, I like to work a little bit. I would like to say that he did help with lifting and working something because he likes to stay busy. Okay. Yeah. And they would have let you. They would have no problem with you lending a helping hand, especially since you're strong and capable. 
And oftentimes, depending on the strength of the winds, it'll take them a couple satyrs to hoist a sail. And just one of me. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. But they park their ship at Norgit to replenish supplies, bid you farewell, and you've found yourself in yet again another bustling port city. Well, the first thing he would probably want to do is probably find an inn or somewhere to stay. He'll get a nice good meal and a good bath and rest. The next day he plans to just like he'll immediately get up and start to leave. I would I would actually also like to say he probably is going to write a letter to Esme at home kind of explaining his trip so far and he'll try to find a, a mailing service if there is one in this port town. So you would wander around a little bit searching sort of the signs on all the buildings and you would find the familiar sort of winged boot that would represent the entirety of the main continent's courier services so you would know that they normally travel by foot but they have various ships under hire to take any letters anywhere over the main continent and escargot island though they do disclaim that they have not branched out to the many smaller isles branching off of the main continent okay yeah so like that letter will contain the dates of whatever day it is and he'll kind of keep it a little formal and informal informal for esme but in the letter he'll also say at least present this to the lieutenant and at least tell him that the map was severely outdated but i will be in the sparkling grove in within a few days and like i said he'll just send out it with that mailing service and the next morning he will get up early and start out Alrighty. do you want me to tell my plan from what toya has told me sure i'm gonna i think i'm gonna try to avoid this tourist trap altogether I want to I want to know if it actually spits you out or not if he goes into a different area and if he avoids the town and goes around kind of a little bit if he can go in and maybe just start working and investigating there because this is part of his job of to you know find out what's in the world and what he needs to report you know back for Korea. Yeah. So you would very easily be able to spot the town directly closest after a day and a half journey north you veer off to the side avoiding the town and all its touristy bullshit go ahead and make me a survival check to start going through the woods absolutely oh my gosh i rolled a 16 minus 115 oh boy i'm rolling high this is nice i know (laughs) You manage to very easily avoid running into the the paths of the tourist trap town that Toya warned you about, veering further east whenever you hear the chatter of other people or see signs of footprints of any sort, as most of whatever else you traipse through has been untouched by any sort of humanoid feet, as after witnessing all of these animal people in the last place you sailed from, you're not entirely sure what to expect anymore from this strange outside world. Yeah. So, as the 
forest begins to thicken around you and you encounter more brush and more vines, you start to feel like you hear something different. Go ahead and make me a perception check really quick, please. Um, I would also like to take out my longsword just in case. Okay. Three plus four is seven. Oh boy. Yeah, you start to feel like you're hearing what sounds like music coming from ahead of you, but suddenly it disappears again, and you're not sure if you really heard it or not. Elon will start to wonder if he's maybe heading back to the town again, or he's not quite sure. So he'll kind of like, I suppose, start to just kind of look at where he is, see if he can see the sky, and kind of reposition himself, maybe face a little bit of a different angle, and start again. And he'll just try to keep and stay alert again. Yeah, you look up and you see though the canopy is getting thicker, it's not entirely blocking out the sky. And you can see a bit of an orange hue taking over the sky. So it's starting to get close to dark. How about this? He'll he'll start making a camp for now and just be alert at the whole time. He doesn't want to go further in because that could mean more danger. So he'll just start making a camp right there. All right. You start making your camp. Throw out your bedroll. If you're keeping an eye out again to see if anything else strange happens, roll me another perception. All right. That one is a lot better. A 14. Oh my goodness, actually, that I chose the wrong. I, I looked at persuasion, not perception before. I actually only have a plus one. So I got a 14 plus one, 15. 15 is my lucky number tonight. Okay. Mm, okay, not too bad. So you settle in for the night as the light slowly begins to fade and the orange turns to like an orange combo pink. Then to slowly to the dark blue of night. You sort of light a small fire to keep your, both keep yourself warm and keep a little light in the darkened forest. Though, you have dark vision, right? Do I? Do you as an elf? I don't believe I do. I don't see it anywhere, so. Okay. So we're going to say no. Then you definitely want to keep some light as it will be your only way to see. And he will make a campfire and just kind of keep it low but stoked. And just as you're starting to get settled into maybe you were overreacting about thinking you heard something before, the music starts up again. This light, airy, jovial tune that sort of drifts its way towards you, getting slowly louder and louder and you start to see lights appearing in the forest sort of flickering here and there first one or two then five or six until it's up to you could easily count a dozen maybe two as these lights approach the music swells and this light begins to spin around you First in individual dots, as you counted them, and then as they continue circling over and over and building speed, they all blur into one continuous spinning line of light. Suddenly, 
the scene behind that bright line shifts and you're no longer in the forest, no longer at night. Instead, the sun illuminates a grove teeming with wildflowers and twisting vines, and the line of light separates to reveal dozens of tiny humanoid creatures giggling <laughs> as their little delicate wings carry them away into the woods. All but one. This little strawberry-colored thing that floats its way on what look similar to butterfly wings and floats right in front of your face as you still sit in your sleeping bag. And a quick flick of her wrist and a gust of wind comes out and blows out the little campfire sitting beside you. And she goes, Well, this is a new discovery. I have never heard of anything like this before, correct? Never. He'll say, this is, um, you're also a discovery, I suppose. What are you, exactly? What, have you never heard of a pixie before? Never. Well, then I suppose you have now. Aliana. And she holds out a hand. A tiny little hand that's about as big as maybe the tip of your finger. I guess out of, um, what he is quite used to, he will very delicately grab it and he'll bend his head to kiss it very, very gently. And he'll go, Elon, uh, I guess a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you as well. I think I have someone here who wants to see you. Me? Yeah. You're the only elf in these woods, aren't you? I thought there was a town nearby. Are there no elves there? There are towns here, but they're made up of my kind. You're not near the town anymore. I see. Okay. So somebody wants to see me, then who exactly would that be? Oh, you'll find out. Are you... are you good to move? And she kind of looks down, intrigued at sort of the that role that you're sleeping in. Oh, um... Yes, he'll kind of wiggle out of it, and he'll begin to very, I guess, dexterously, he'll roll it up and use the tassels and tie it up and shove it on top of his bag. He'll put it, swing it on his back, and he'll go, after you, my lady. And she giggles, her cheeks turning a similar strawberry red. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> As she smiles, is like, well, thank you. Somebody's a... An elf with manners. Giggling a little, she flies off into the trees. He'll follow her, kind of like a little smile. And as you follow, she sort of flies in these little spurts, stopping and starting to make sure that you follow her as she darts through the forest. This one obviously much more familiar to her as you pass by trees, much more... I guess the correct word would be decorated than the ones that you passed in the grove that you walked in prior. You see what appear to be little homes almost the size of birdhouses hanging off these trees in various places. Little pixies fluttering in and out of them as you walk. Aliana tells you to watch your head as she darts between these homes. It being a bit less of a problem for her seeing as she's about the size of many of the birds that you've seen flying around at home. 
so yeah, he'll respectively like bow his head as he goes underneath them and tries not to interrupt, I suppose, anybody. <laughs> and this continues for a good five to ten minutes until Aliana stops and you're met with the sight of this massive oak tree growing up far higher than any of the other trees that you've passed and its branches reach out over the canopy and in the trunk of this massive tree you spot a door and Aliana looks at you and goes she's waiting inside I wouldn't keep her waiting and you seriously won't tell me who it is you'll know it when you see her thank you Aliana and he'll head towards this door and he'll kind of grab the I guess the doorknob or whatever it is to open. And then he'll release it. Knock at least three times. See if there's a response. Whether there is or not, he will open the door and step in. You hear a voice start. Like someone open their mouth to speak and like breathe in. And then you step inside and the voice stops. And you're met with what looks almost like a teenage girl flowy green cape covering over a um a white dress short brown hair that leads into like pink at the ends and wide bright violet eyes kind of looking at you and she goes well you made it it's not often that mortals like you stray from the path that my sisters saw for them close the door on your way in he'll He'll close the door and kind of come in a little bit more cautiously. This is a full-size person, yes? Yes, this is a full-size person. How old does she look? She looks maybe 15. Okay. And her ears are slightly pointed. So it looks like an elf, oh boy. Like a half-elf. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. And she kind of looks at you and goes, Do you know who I am? Um, my apologies... I guess, my lady. Um, Aliana said I would recognize you, but and he'll take another glance, top to bottom and up again. I'm afraid I, I, I don't. Make me either a religion or a history check. Religion or history. I, I'm going to do a history. Ooh, I got a 17 plus 2, 19. Let's go. Nice. You distinctly recall... In one of your history books where they talk about the deities and the influence they've had on the world as it has been. A portrait of a very similar looking young girl that went by the name of Faithrin. She was one of the three goddesses of fate. Oh. So then as he's like, basically as he's saying I don't know, he will actually trail off instead and he'll stop and take a moment kind of actually like I guess like take her all in mm -hmm. and he'll dip his head like very respectfully and then look back at her and go you you couldn't be could you? and she kind of smirks this very excited child like grin oh but I am bet you didn't expect you'd meet a god did you? Uh, not no no I, especially not you, but actually none of them, but is there a reason? Am I in trouble? No, not yet anyway. That's not good. 
I don't like to get morbid like my sisters, but the whole world is in trouble, Elon. There's a lot going on behind the scenes that mortals don't get a look into. But they need to have somebody to rise up to the task when it comes up. And it's coming up very fast. And you, you want this to be me? Not just you. But yes. Who else then? Oh, you'll need them. Don't worry. There's a lot happening behind the scenes that mortals aren't really picking up on. But you're smart. And so is everyone else that my sisters and I have handpicked. They all met up already. They'll start seeing the signs soon. Well, they've already seen a bit of them, but I don't think they've put the pieces together yet. You're going to give them a nudge in the right direction. Okay? Fair enough. Can I tell them all of this? That you've seen me? Yeah, sure. I don't care. Okay. That helps. I mean, you've probably... Well, I, I... My apologies. I'm... I'm feeling very mortal at this moment. <laughs> you don't feel mortal all the time? I mean, no, sometimes I feel like I'm on, I'm on top of the world, or at least in control. But in this moment, it's... Ah, so you're confused. Okay. Right. Unfortunately, there's not a lot I can tell you, because this is a path that you guys need to walk on your own, and my sisters would be very mad if they found out I came to see you. Right, so I'm supposed to find them. Find out what is happening to, I guess, the world that other people aren't seeing, and you can't tell me much more. Well, your friends will already be sort of on the path. You just need to make them aware that there's a path to look out for. Okay. Oh, that's what I was getting to. It'll be a lot clearer when they're brought here because the fairies need their help too. Okay, so the fairies need help. Yeah. They don't want to broadcast their issue publicly though, so this wouldn't be found on any sort of job board, but I figure I'm good enough of a delivery person to put you on the job, so to speak. <laughs> well... I suppose I can't ignore the words of a god now, can I? I would hope not. Or a goddess. Same difference. <laughs> Doesn't matter to us. We've lived for thousands of years. Got it. But if they need a reason to trust you or some sort of sign, give the one with the long black hair this. And she reaches over to her side and draws a wooden sword with a multitude of runes and symbols carved on it and holds it out to you. I think he'll know what it is. He'll take it and he will inspect it and he will uh, pack it away in his bag very cautiously and safe. The one with the long black hair. Okay. Yep. Any other questions? I'm afraid to ask. That's okay. N no, then, my lady, I, I'm my goddess. My goodness, I can't believe. Okay. <laughs> I think I understand. Thank you for this message. Of course. Thank you for all that you'll do. And all that you have done. I will see you soon, Elon. And he'll nod and kind of awkwardly, I guess, start to back up and leave, perhaps. Mm -hmm. he is, he's mind blown at the moment. For good reason. He just spoke to a god. <laughs> Yeah, did not expect that on the first job. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And 
As you walk out the door, you're met with Aliana fluttering in front of the the tree. She's like, oh, you're done. All done. Good. Now, if you'll come with me, I will escort you back the way you came. I have to go back. Only for a bit. She told you there were others, right? Yes, she did. Good. I don't know how many or who or what, honestly, at this point. You'll know it when you see them. After you, then. And she will start fluttering back the way you guys came, weaving through the same houses and the same same trees, until you get back to that little clearing that you started in, covered in wildflowers. She sort of gives this little whistle, and all of her pixie friends come giggling back, and the circle of light transports you back to your camp. Alrighty, then. Well, Aelon's gonna have a lot of good stories for us, me. <laughs> Indeed he shall. He is going to feel very awake. Did he get any sleep at all? No, but you notice that it appears at this moment to be about midday, whereas when you left that clearing, the sky was barely starting to turn like orange as if the sun was setting. And you realize time time definitely has passed, but you're not sure how much. Okay. Then at this point, he's he's going to give up on sleeping for now, and he'll grab his things. I mean, I mean, he already has his things. He'll clear out his little campsite, kind of reset the land. He won't head deeper into the forest. He'll just start heading towards the town. Instead of exiting the forest and going back around, he'll just try to guess, like, according to his map where the town is and just try to start heading there and see if that works. And as you start heading back towards this town, doing your best to sort of gauge by glancing at the map and then where you think you're going, you stop as you hear multiple sets of footsteps. And that's where we're going to leave it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed Elon's wild prequel that lasted quite a bit longer than everyone else's. I apologize. We had quite a bit to cover today. No, I I apologize. <laughs> Why are you apologizing? I'm the one who created some story. I I got I got heavy in the feels, okay? <laughs> At all parts, okay? At all parts. This is an amazing journey for Elon, and I'm excited. Indeed it is. And I hope you guys will come back to listen to more of it. If you want even more content, you can check us out on social media. We are Chronicles of Kriath Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. All one word, all lowercase. And hopefully you will join us all next week for the continuation of Chronicles of Kriath. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. Bye! <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.